This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Dive into the mind of Brett Boone as we turn to the baseball legend to find out what's happening in his life and around Major League Baseball. This is Turning Two with Booney. Here's your host, Rich Herrera. To me, it's the saddest day of the year. It's the day after the World Series, and it's time for Turning Two with Booney. Uh, I'm Rich Herrera, the executive producer of the Boone Podcast, joined by Brett. Is that you? That is me, Rich. What's going on? Uh, for those of you watching on YouTube or maybe seeing this clip, I didn't recognize you. You look a little bloated. <laughs> do, they, do they understand where they come? I, I am not, but I do I do have my times like everybody else where. No, 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 no. Listen, I, I don't mean to be mean. I've been over at the World Series in Phoenix, and I haven't right. seen you in a week, and all he goes by, I'll, I'll, Boone Podcast listeners, all, all Rich goes by is input from me, and I tell him I'm a little you, heavy right you, now. You look a little. You oh, look I little don't fluttered. either. Mike would. Mike said I look. He he says I. He asked me what I've done with my figure lately, and I said thanks, Mike. Mike's our producer, uh, handles all the behind the scenes for the Boone Podcast. He said my figure looked wonderful. Y- you look a little bloated, chunky monkey. All right. Well. That's why I'm eating. Uh, that's why I'm having protein shakes today. I haven't eaten yet today. Nah, that's that's a lie. I did have an egg in the morning, but. Well, I mean, what did you eat to balloon up the the size that you are? Did we, <sighs> your clothes fit? Yeah, decent. Decent. <laughs> decent. Well, it's because you buy those tailored shirts. Right. You got to get tailored shirts. So so they really expose you. When you right. when you get when you get out of your element, they they expose you. I caught a I caught a glimpse of a picture of me. I was at a tournament at Riviera the other day. For right, the Dado Dado Foundation. Right. Uh, I couldn't tell it was you were. Go to it every year, but I did see. I caught a glimpse of myself. Did and you I like thought, that? I thought I, I look a little hefty. So a little they, protein shakes, protein shakes. All right. So when you get a little bloated, you have. Regular pants and then fat guy pants? No, no, I never get that bloated. I'm a I'm a five to seven pound fluctuation guy. If I get fat, I get to about two oh five. All right, when you get to two oh seven, what do you do? <sighs> uh, Calling the heavy hitters. Fish. Get on my fish diet. Fish fish cures all. Well, I just figured I, it was Halloween, so maybe you've just you didn't give away all the Halloween. All right. Yeah, that's enough. I'm down to I'm down to 198. I should be out oh, my daughter's weddings next week. I should be at 193 clip going into the wedding. My suit will fit nice. Uh, everybody will be happy. Give give my daughter. My daughter's here. He, she, she came over yesterday. Her and her husband, Nick. And she said, Dad, you ready for the for the father of the bride speech? I go at the very end, and I said, "Does that mean I'm like the third most important adult at this event?" And because she, you know, she's got dogs and stuff, she goes, "Actually, probably so, 
probably so after. So I said, well, good, because I do everything and I never get any credit for anything. So I'm the right. third most important. So I'm excited about this. But she was she was worried. She goes, Dad, have you written your speech? I said, how long has this speech got to be? She's like, I don't know, two minutes. And I said, no, it'll come from the heart, honey. But I've got I've got some ideas I came up with. I think it's going to be funny. You think? Well, we'll see. You never I mean, know till you go on stage, right? You could be uh, immortalized on TikTok since you like to look at TikTok. I lo- I love it. You you could be I hate to, I hate I hate to admit it. I love. I TikTok. know. I you, like you, this, Rich, for the for the for the ceremony. Everybody thinks I'm going to be the stoic uh, patriarch, not patriarch of the Boone family, but patriarch of my section of the Boone right. family. And you know they expect probably a stoic, nice. Uh, words for the bride and groom and how much how special they are to me and what it was like raising Savannah. But I'm going to start off differently. I think I'm going to start off with welcome to the Boone podcast. <laughs> Here we have Nick Allen coming off a 221 season. He's working a drive line. And Savannah Boone learning how to be a big league wife. Now, if Savannah's, if Savannah's mom's in the crowd, could you please help her out? <laughs> I was that thinking about tremendous. going with that. I, I was thinking about going with that. And then, obviously, we get past that. Hopefully, you get a couple laughs. Then we'll go into the, you know, the, uh, the mushy stuff or how wonderful Savannah is. She is wonderful. And, and she's got a really good guy. And I'm, I'm very proud to, in about a week, call him my son-in-law. And uh, no, he's a no, good wait, stop, kid stop, and, stop. and a good family and a good family. I don't know. He's not your son. He's now your son. No, he's not. Well, he kind of is my son. Oh, no, he's your son. He, he joins your family. He's like a son to you. Right. But he's not like the twins. He's not a blood son. No, but you got to treat him the same way. Oh, I do anyway. I, do I know it. you do. But, you know, Nick, you say this is my Nick. son. Married my daughter's my son, Nick. Right. Well, that would um, be official. Okay, big question. Yeah. Since we're going down this rabbit hole. I'm not going anywhere. You tend to be. Over under. Yeah. Will the boon cry on the wedding day? Cry? Yes. Probably not. Oh, more, come on. Be, be more emotional than I probably think. Probably. I found that as I get older, I get, I don't get emotional, but I get more emotional than I ever did when I was younger. Right. And I I think I really haven't. Your dad's emotional. He's really emotional. Right. As he gets older. But I really haven't thought about the wedding that much uh, in the last because Savannah, you know, she, they've been planning this wedding for like 18 years. Anyway, as we get closer, uh, I was thinking about it the other day. I'm like, oh, my little girl, I'm giving yeah. my little girl away. And uh, as, as much as this, you know, is the first year, this is the first year kids to get married. Right. And as much as she is gone and she's with Nick all the time. Now, right. So it's, it's like it's like they're married. But this kind of makes it official. So I would say. I will have an emotional moment. Cry? I don't think so, but have oh, that moment. Oh, I hope you cry. No, no, no. But have that moment where you go, "Hey, Booney, you got you got teared up a little." You got a little. You got a little. You had a moment, a little, didn't you? You had a moment, didn't you? I'll say, you know what, Rich, I did have a moment. So when you yes, her, I would expect. I would expect that when you and your daughter are standing at the back of the back of the venue, ready to well, walk she, out. You know there. where it hit. You know where it hit me. She sent me our first dance 
music the other day and I oh you it. gotta have the 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 father daughter dance right right and i didn't know what it was and i just clicked on it and i really liked the song she picked i forget what the song is macarena. i was listening i was listening to it and i'm like this <laughs> is a good song macarena. and i sent her i said sis what is this and she said that's our first dance song dad and i said oh for them or no, for the for, father daughter for, for me and her okay that's not and the I first said, dance and she goes do you like it or do you like this? some other artist had covered it she goes, do you like this one or do you like the one that uh, I forget who it was? Eminem maybe covered. I said, no, I like the one you sent me is perfect. So right. I'm excited about it. that's when it kind of hit me that now I'm remembering. Now it kind of is making yeah. this. I see you're getting a little you get a little you, emotional you, here on the now podcast. You, you're you're preparing for it. And then something like that, when it hits you like, oh, this is our first stand. Now it's kind of getting real like, oh, this is really going to happen. What, so what I'm excited of, about it. What color suit do you have? Dark blue. Just okay. classic haven't picked my tie yet, but uh, okay. you're going to go loud tie. You're going to go. Yeah, I'm going to go classy. Okay. Probably, probably in the vein. It's stay in the blue category. Now does the suit, you have to have the suit altered at all. Uh, no, I'm perfect. Yeah. You don't have to have that let out. No, I, I, I let the, uh, I, I brought up the hem on the, on the bottom a little bit what? just to get, add a little youth to my uniform. <laughs> Are you gonna wear? Are you gonna wear stirrups or no. socks? No. I got a new suit for the wedding. It's cool. I got the the liner is green baseball themed, so I got baseballs okay. all going through the. Very cool. Green. Got a green. Uh, what do they call it? You know, when it sticks out of your pocket. Pocket uh, square. Pocket square. Pocket square. Yeah. All green. Right. So. Very nice. I can't wait to see the photos. Um. By the way, Halloween just came and went. Did what did Boone give away for Halloween? Uh, just standard. I went and got a big bag of candy. Nowadays, you know, cost you about $150 for the, for the bag. And I put it in front of my door and I had about 10 to uh, 10, 15 groups. It's not like it used to be. Uh, it seems like the trick or treating uh, a lot of young, young kids, which is cool to see. And to be honest, I was very, I was very impressed. We had some teenagers come through, but not obnoxious like I would think I was when I was that age coming through, like, give me your candy, get out of here. You know, right. they were, they were very, they had manners. They were very nice. The young kids. I like seeing the young kids at Halloween. So, so I, I away, was giving out the candy. Do you give away full candy bars, like full Snickers? This year I didn't. Have you but done that I, in the past? Yeah. Oh, this, see, that's but, big league right there. But this year uh, I was late to the party. I went and I got, uh, it, the candy was all picked over. I almost forgot. I was out of town. I almost forgot it was thanks or <laughs> forgot it was Halloween. So what I did is I put it into three different bowls and I basically said, you can take two from each bowl. So I gave six pieces to each kid because wow. I didn't have the big, I didn't have the big candy bars and I'm glad only 12 or 15 groups came through. Cause I, you would, run I, out. I was running out. Yeah. By the way, we're going to go to the Tootsie Rolls. Best Halloween costume that Brett Boone ever had. Uh, you know, I, I I played the weird. I had the weird. I, I was Huckleberry Finn a couple times. I like that. that one for you. No, I was a girl a few times. Uh, <laughs> you were the chunkiest, yeah, ugliest uh, girl I could ever see. Well, you, you liked it when you're a kid, you know, you get all dolled up and, and but but it was cool in the 80s. Think about that, the 80s when we were going out when I was young and that right. was kind of the, the 
glam rock, you know, and Motley Crue and and Brett oh. Michaels and and Wham. They all wore the they all kind of look like chicks, so it was kind of cool. So we were always doing that that chick yeah. theme. So no. it was for for the girls actually, right? You put on makeup, you look like a pretty boy. Yeah. That was no. that was the theme behind it. <laughs> My go-to was a toga. We had a few toga, but I, I, I was go, never, I go a, never, a to, never, never a toga for Halloween. Uh, but I wasn't one to shy away from a toga party. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. There you go. All right, let's get to it. Uh, I mentioned I just got back from Phoenix uh, today, been at the World Series uh, this week. Congratulations to Bruce Bochy, who's a friend of the program, on winning his fourth World Championship. Pretty pretty awesome. Daunting. I mean, three is a lot. Two is a lot. Uh, One is... From my experience in the game, and I've been around it a lot. I've, I've seen Dad win a World Series. I saw him win one as, a, as an executive. I've been to World Series. I saw my brother go to a World Series. We've had a lot of playoffs in the Boone family, but to win one is so special. You look at Bruce, and all of a sudden, it just kind of hits you. He's got his fourth. You know, he's in rare air. And, and Bruce, uh, you mentioned a friend of the program. Bruce, since 2000, when I, when I got that one year, I got to play for Bruce. Uh, he's been a buddy of mine since, and we've done a lot of activities through the years, golf events. And Bruce is, you know, I think everybody knows my feelings on here about Bruce and, and kind of my my feelings kind of echo everybody else's. He's just one of those guys. He's a Dusty Baker where where everybody loves him. And uh, I was happy for him to win it. I can't believe he just kind of went into retirement. I, I think about it, Rich, and, and a year and a half ago, I get a phone call from Bruce Bochy. And what does he tell me? You know, in, in the Bruce way, Boney, how you doing? He goes, they came to me and they asked me about doing a podcast. What do you think? And I started laughing at him. And I said, Bruce, let me tell you this. If you're going to do it and you want to do it right, it's a lot of tedious work. It's a lot of behind the scenes. It's a lot of preparation. You got to get the guest. You're not going to have any problem. People are going to like you because you're Bruce Bochy and, and you're you, respected you've got a and lot, beloved. You're respected and beloved, and you've got a lot of stories to tell. Uh, but it's a lot of work. And he goes, "Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do, Booty, but uh, you know, I just I figured you were doing yours, and you could give me some some feedback." And I told him that I said, "If you're going to do it and do it right, you got to prepare, and it's a lot of work. If you're not willing to take more, you know, you, you don't just get on twice a week and." do 30 minutes and you're done. There's a lot that goes into that. And especially getting the guests, right. and securing the guests and scheduling them. And, you know, if you have a guest has an emergency and cancels to get it, you know, I said, it's, a, it's more work than you think. I think you'd be good. People would listen to Bruce Bochy with the, with the, like I said, the stories you'd have to tell, but I guess he went against that. Next thing you know, he's, he's signing back up with the Texas Rangers and won a world championship his first year back. Not too many people. He picked the right franchise. And, and Chris Young, who's the general manager there, played for Bruce, had the same adulation and, and uh, maybe foresight 
to say Bruce is the guy for this organization and where we're going. They went out the year before, got uh, a Simeon and a Seeger. Garcia's come along, unbelievable, what an unbelievable postseason he had. And then they added, obviously, at the beginning of the year, a DeGrom and a Nivaldi, which turned into also a Scherzer and a Montgomery. So the key to that team was obviously Bruce had something to do with it being at the helm. Uh, but I think the organization as a whole got them, uh, got him the players he needed when they needed it. And, uh, you know, and then and then to, to win the World Series, especially today, to go through that. It's almost like a minefield going through that postseason, the way they did that, uh, the way they ran the bullpen and, and just, uh, you know, because that was their weakness. The Texas Rangers going into this postseason, I didn't think they could win the whole thing because of their bullpen. Nobody questioned their offense, uh, their starting pitching. I thought was good enough, uh, but that bullpen worried me. And they navigated through it and got it done when they needed to. Sometimes it wasn't always pretty, but they got it done when they needed to. And they got to the, that World Series, and they and they put it on them. And uh, pretty cool to watch. Always cool to watch for me. And you mentioned that the top sad day. I don't know that I look at it as a sad day, but I almost look at it when I see when that final pitch is thrown and, and the world champions are, are kind of crowned. I kind of look back at my life and my career and think, damn it, man, it's hard to win a World Series. And, and I've said this on the program before. I hope every one of those guys really appreciate how awesome this is because so few of us uh, get to go through that. So it's not a sad day. It's just kind of a reflection day for me. And, and we move on and and we take a break from the game of baseball for a while and and. Uh, Get ready for for next year. So let me throw it out two different ways for you, right? So I live down in Arizona, so I went to every playoff game for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Fans disappointed, but as you said, it is damn hard to win a World Series. Gosh, it, it's it's got to be the perfect storm. I mean, you have to have a talented ball club. That goes without saying. But there's a lot more to it, especially in today's game. There's a lot more to it with the four rounds in the postseason. There's just so many things you can get caught up with and and tripped up with, it, especially in the early rounds, you know, being a best of three. Anything could happen. Your number one starter gets a blister in the first inning of game one, and you lose game one, and now your back's against the wall, and you just played 162 games and won 100 games. Right. That's the first, that's the first kind of – landmine you've got to navigate your way through then you get to a five game series okay a little more legitimate when you get to a five game series uh, the seven game series are what i really like seven game series usually at the end of that series the better team comes out of it because it tests your third your fourth maybe in some situations not usually but a fifth starter but mainly the third and fourth starter and it really it really puts you to the test on how deep uh how deep is the team you've got playing in that series? So uh, it's definitely a test. Uh, Rangers obviously passed that test and, and great stories along the way. This Arizona Diamondback team, as much as they went that far and were disappointed, I saw Tori Labello saying he wants to go away into a tent for a while and just kind of detox. You know, that's how he probably feels with all the emotions, the highs and lows that come with the postseason. Um, but and, and nobody wants to hear it. It's it's not in a condescending way, but those Arizona Diamondbacks should be pretty darn proud of what oh, they just 100%. accomplished. They had no you know, business I, being there. And they got told that the whole postseason, and guess what? They were there. So the players don't want to hear that right now. Oh, thanks. 
you know, it's almost like, oh, thanks, Brett, for giving us your blessing that we, but if you look at it realistically, you look at this, that roster constructed on paper, the talent level, uh, they should be very proud uh, of what they accomplished this year. And let's be honest, they were three wins away from being world champions. They just didn't play very well uh, the latter part of that World Series. And not only that, the offense for the Texas Rangers really came to life. Evaldi gave them a great start in in, in uh, game five. Right. And um, Merrill Kelly went, you know. No, not was, Kelly. Gallon. Not, uh, Gallon. Right. Sorry. Gallon uh, had a no hitter, I think, going yeah. into the sixth or the seventh. Uh, Evaldi was matching him. And, right. and there were a lot of opportunities. Uh, the one thing I saw in this postseason that really kind of baffled me after a while was that runner on third, less than two outs. Time after time after time, the, both teams, everybody in the postseason, they just didn't get it done at, at a acceptable clip. And I just look at all the opportunities yesterday with Arizona, and I don't need to tell them that. They knew the opportunities were there. Because with that, I'm watching the game. And what am I thinking? Well, everybody thinks three to one. It's over, right? But we just watched what they did to the Philadelphia Phillies. After game two, they had no chance. There was too done. much mojo on the Philly side. And what they do, not only did they get the series back to Philly, but they went back to Philly and won two. So I didn't put it past that Arizona team, the way Gallon was pitching. But I'm thinking the later this game gets, the advantage goes to Texas because they just have more firepower than the Arizona Diamondbacks. Arizona Diamondback pieced together. That's the way they played all year. They had some pop in the lineup, but they pieced together. They they stole bases. They moved runners. That's how they won games. And if you're going to get into a one-bullet match where the Texas Rangers had more bullets, they had more guys up and down that lineup capable at any time, one pitch, ending the game versus the Arizona. So the longer that it went in a 0-0 tie, it started to shift to the advantage becoming uh, Texas Rangers. And Rangers, in the end, made it a, a no-brainer win. But um, great series and a great postseason. It, okay. it seems like these postseasons, I'm, I'm, I haven't been disappointed since I've... No. I told you this, Rich, when I retired, I kind of walked away and, and I kind of have a blind spot from about 2008 to about 2015 where I don't rem I, I didn't watch. I didn't pay attention. But ever since I've gotten back into the game and started watching, starting with 216 and the Cubs, uh, I haven't been disappointed one one postseason. And this was this was no different. All right. Don't go down the rabbit hole too far, but give me the runner at third, less than two out approach. What are you supposed to do at the bat? You get you got to put the ball in play. I mean, my approach was the last thing I'm thinking about right here is getting a hit. I don't care if I get a hit. If I hit a 15 hopper, cue it off the end of the bat to the second baseman, and that run scores, I did my job. Now, uh, what I was trying to do is try to get a pitch out over the plate and hit a fly ball. I hit a can of corn fly ball. Now, as I get the count into my favor, hey, I'm trying. I'm, I'm going to try to hurt you. But that doesn't mean I'm giving in to... Oh, I'm going to get a hit now. No, I'm I'm putting the ball in play, preferably to the outfield. Now, I've been in situations with a runner on third, less than two outs. If the infield is back and a pitcher is particularly tough on me, he's got a tough two-seamer, sinker, I, I I don't lift the ball well off him. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a routine ground ball to shortstop where I'm out and that runner scores because that's my job. Sacrifice fly is the ultimate because personally you're 0 for 0 with an RBI. If you hit a ground ball to short, you're 0 for 1. You still get the RBI. You still did your job. But it depends on the at-bat. It depends on how tough that particular pitcher is on you. 
Uh, so you take all these things into account. And I've, I've had guys that were tough as nails on me. And I just thought, don't worry about the sack fly. We just got to touch this ball. We got to put this ball in play infield back and get that runner in at all costs. And we can't strike out now throughout the course of my career. Obviously I had a lot of times where I didn't get it done, but those are things I could deal with an O for four, but I leave runners on third, less than two outs that those are the nights during my career that kept me up at night thinking, what am I doing? Those were the one thing. The 0 for fours, that's a part of baseball. You're going to do it. But not getting that runner in used to eat at me. And I saw that not happen time and time again. And I just thought, wow, they got to do a better job with that. If going to the World Series is so tough, winning one is incredibly difficult. Winning two, three. Winning four. So let's talk about Mr. Bochi and the fact that he's got five trips to the World Series. He's four and five. Five times he take he took a team to the to the World Series. Three different franchises came away with four rings. Unbelievable. And that's the, the put it in perspective. The steady captain at the top of the ship. It, don't let him see you sweat. Bruce is that type of guy. No matter how dire the situation is, no matter how down and out you are, Bruce Bochy is the type of skipper that you can look into his eyes when when your parachute doesn't open and you've got that number two parachute and he's not going to show you that he's scared or he's worried. And that is solace for a baseball player to look in that skip's eyes and go, if he ain't worried, I ain't worried. That's the one thing Bruce has. But at the end of the day, and Bruce will tell you this, players win games and players lose games. And I'm just here to maybe add a little bit of whatever, that that it factor. And Bruce has got that. But at the end of the day, players win and players lose. I think what, you know, Bruce, and, and when we, we've we talked about it, uh, you know, well, he's I asked way him, too He's way too humble. In 1998, I asked him about it. He went to the World Series and got whooped by the New York Yankees, got right. swept by him. And he said, Booney, I learned a lot from that. I learned that that in the postseason we manage uh, with a sense with, of urgency, with a sense of urgency. You must have listened to the Boom podcast. Yes. That was a good episode. Um, but he said you manage with the with a sense of urgency. I think I think in an analytical world, I think Bruce Bochy has that uncanny ability to manage with his gut. And when, it, when it's a big situation, when it's a big call, Uh I'll he also, just, you, you've got to know your players. What makes them tick? What is in each side? Because all of us players, we're all different. We're all right. unique. We're individuals. As a manager, we live with our manager for 162 days. Bruce's there's days job you is, love them and there's days you hate them. Right. And Bruce's job is to know his personnel and get the most out of his personnel. And uh, <laughs> I think he's proven he's he's pretty darn good at it winning uh, four out of five. The amazing things for me was elimination day for um, the ALCS. Right. And it was Dusty versus Bruce, and obviously they were doing a big deal about it. And it said Dusty's never won a game seven, and Bruce has never, lost, never lost one. A game and he never lost one again. And then pretty, he won his fourth World Series. So Pretty amazing. Pretty um, awesome. Day after the season's over, some people are cleaning out their lockers. In September, if you're lucky enough to go to the World Series, 
I've only been to one. I've only broadcast one World Series. And I remember being in that bubble and not knowing what was going on with the news, not really know what's going on with my family, not know what's going on at home, and just get caught up in that whole thing. When you go on that, you go on that crazy run, you did it with the Atlanta Braves, and then the day after the World Series is over, whether you won or lost, and you come back to reality, it's just a weird feeling that not many people get to have. Do you remember that day after the World Series and, and you lost to the Yankees, that next day that just became normal again? Yeah, and it's it's a big, uh, it, I wouldn't call it depression, but yeah. it's as close as I could imagine what that feels like because it's so, your senses are so heightened. You, you've been on, it seems like you've been on a, it, it's almost it's almost what I think rock stars feel yeah. like. You know, they never have a bad night. <laughs> well, I'm sure they do, but nobody usually knows. Uh, they, they go from city to city. They've got 30,000 people in the palm of their hand. And not saying as players we do. A lot of times, rock stars, and the only great thing about rock stars, they never get booed. We get booed. <laughs> we get people yelling about our moms out there. Right. Uh, rock stars usually don't. Um, but that adrenaline rush, that that, that being on that stage uh, and especially getting through an entire postseason just to get there. And then the world series and all the fanfare that comes with that uh, the day after is like, Whoa, it's almost like you're in a fog. And, and for me, it was a loss. So the, the season ended really rough. I hated that feeling. Right. It was an awful feeling. Uh, you know, now hindsight's 2020 years later, I look back. Yeah. Of course. I wish I would have won a world series, but I got the opportunity to be there and I wouldn't trade that. Uh, but the day after uh, players don't want to hear it. That's why I was being very careful with my words for the Arizona diamondbacks right now. They don't want to, they don't want to hear, Hey, good job getting there and, and right. being a part of it. They, they were there to win it. They were there to win. And right now they're, they're having that feeling that I'm talking about. Like yeah. they don't want to hear about second place right now. One day they'll be able to look back and say, Hey, you know, a lot of these guys will be their first World Series. A lot of these guys will be their only World Series. Some guys on that Diamondback team might have a chance to get back there and might win one. Um, but but today is not the day where they're they're walking around with a smile on their face. They're they're kind of detoxing and getting back into real life. And after about a week goes by, you get back into your off-season routine. You get home with your family. You probably start uh, training for next year. What's it like? Being in that dog pile of people jumping up and down or running onto the field after you get you win the pennant and you're going to the World Series, and what's it like walking off the field as the other team celebrates? The dog pile, I'll, I'll tell you, I, I got a chance to win one, two, three, three or four pennants, and it was great, but but I always celebrated it and with the Atlanta team was a completely different experience in the postseason. Their attitude was we do this every year. Right. Of course we're going to the World Series. So it wasn't as big a deal. For me, I don't go to the World Series every year. I told I remember telling Tommy Glavin. Um so the dog piles always when you won, they were a celebratory, but it was with caution like, okay, this is just another step. Okay, so so it was a celebration. It was smiles. It was have some champagne. That's great, but we still got work to do. Uh, I've been on the other side too. It, the other side's much tougher, obviously. Um, and I always hated when the when the cameras would pan around and you know look at the losers' faces as they sit there and gaze out onto the right. field. 
And I hated that. So I would always tell whoever was sitting there with that gazed look, get out of the dugout. Don't let them see you. Don't let them see you do that. And, uh, but that's no fun. I I, I don't really care about the other team celebrating on my field. I I never felt bad about that, but it's just another man. You put your, you put your soul into this game for, for the time that we're fortunate enough to be able to do it. And when you get to that postseason and you feel it and you feel that what winning is like, man, it, it almost makes losing harder. You know, when you, when you get eliminated, because everybody gets eliminated, there's only one team standing at the end of the year. So it was pretty tough. That world series was really tough for me when we, when, and we got whooped, we got swept, but we didn't expect that, especially with our pitching staff in Atlanta, very humbling going home and, and dealing with it. But the one that was uh, extra tough for me, and it wasn't even a world series. It was the ALCS against the Yankees. Same scenario on a bus leaving Yankee stadium. And that was at 2001 Mariners where we didn't expect that to happen. We, we'd already won the world series and, and yet we didn't even get there that year. That was really tough to swallow for, for that ball club, but uh, it is what it is. And that's why we play the games. And that's why this game is so awesome. Cause it's so on one, on, on, on one hand, there's a lot of euphoria. And on the other hand, there's a lot of heartbreak and, right. and it's, that's why it's a great game. Bargiamani said it's a game that was designed to break your heart. Yep. Um, saw an interesting article in the St. Petersburg Times or Tampa Bay Times, I think. John Romano wrote this. Joe Madden uh, can't find a job right now. Bunch of manager jobs opening up. He's not on that list. And he said, probably because I wrote a book with Tom Verducci and I said, you know, the sabermetricians are just out of control running the running baseball right now. Right. It's a copycat game. Whoever wins, every other team at baseball is going to look. How did they do that? How did how did CY, how did Chris Young and Bruce Bochy put together a ball club that could win in Texas? And they've been anti the way the ba- the trend of baseball. Chris Young said it, put together a team, and I, I hired a manager, and I got out of his way. Was it a bunch right. of? computer nerds and laptop guys and guys walking down and telling Bruce how to run the, run the game. Bruce got to run the game the way he wanted to run the game. Um, do you think this might be a trend that we're going to see coming back the other way? Because I don't we've think... seen all these great teams be paralyzed by sticking to the computers in the postseason and they didn't advance. I don't think you're ever going to see the pendulum swing back to the days where analytics weren't a major part of baseball, but I do think there's going to see it. You're going to see an adjustment and a little bit of a pullback because the game is still a ball players are still ball players. And when I talk to these young guys today and I get to spend time with them in a clubhouse, minor league guys, young players of today, um, you know, the more you think how different they are because of the culture, because of the way we live our lives now with iPhones and technology, you think, oh, these kids today, you know, we all say it. Our grandpa said it to us. You guys are soft. You know, my dad said it to me. My grandpa said it to my dad. I say it to my kids. But the more you think these ball players have changed, the more I'm finding out that ball players stay the same. Ball players are ball players. They want they want knowledge. Yeah, they've changed a little bit. The 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 there's different there's different scenarios there's different uh things available to you tools uh 
I always wanted as much information as I could, and then I would decipher it on my own. Okay, stop right there. Play, but it's, stop, 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 stop for a second. You wanted as much information as you could get, right? Always. But the kids now are drinking water through a through a fire hose. I got spin rates. I got launch angles. Right. I got too much. exit velo. There's too much. Well, here here's what it is, Rich, and here's the danger. Trevor Bauer said it, and I asked him, and he's a data analytical freak, and I don't say that in a condescending way. I say it freak as in he's really into it, and he really knows his stuff, and I said too much information in the wrong hands, dangerous, absolutely, Yeah. and I see that with young players because we get caught up in launch angle, spin rate, exit velocity. Well, everybody's different, and everybody doesn't have bat speed like Giancarlo Stanton, like Aaron Judge, uh, like an Alvarez for the Houston Astros, like a Soto. The ball's not going to come off everybody's bat that hard. But if you break, if you're judged by the analytics and your launch angle and the exit velocity and the spin rate as a pitcher, and you don't hit those numbers, psychologically it starts to wear on you. That's why well, if you don't hit those player, numbers, you don't get paid. Well, you do. If you put up the numbers, you don't have to put uh, up. Nobody cares. No, no, no. Nobody cares about that, Rich. Nobody cares about exit velocity if you're hitting 300. Nobody right, cares. Right. No, no, but no. But if you're hitting so, 200 but, and your exit velocity yeah, isn't that's up what stuff, I mean. you're, you're going to say the, the organization is going to say, well, you just don't have it. So yeah. that's something that's weighing on these young kids' minds all the time. It's like, I got to get my exit velocity up. It's got to be this. It's got to be I that. I got to get my spin rate changed My spin over rate. Here. No, no. What? what you got? What you got to do as a pitcher? No, what you got to do as a hitter? He's got to get a good pitch hit and knock the crap out of it and get base hits. You have to execute. You have to move runners. You have to get runners in. You have to get a base hit. You have to give them a tough at bat. As a pitcher, you don't have to have the greatest spin rate in the world. You need to get hitters out. All people care about is results. You get hitters out, you will have a big league uniform. You get base hits as a hitter, you will have a uniform. That's the way it is. But in order to get there. Results. But in order to get there, the computer geeks will demand this and want this and want that. And that's why we have guys that failed to get runners in from third with less than two outs. That drives me crazy. That needs to be worked on as an industry-wide thing. I think I, I was reading a stat, and I hate to go back, get off my lawn, uh, Tony Gwynn, but he's the best of my generation at that particular skill. And I think I read somewhere for a career, Tony Gwynn got that job done like 82% of the time. What was it like now, playing with Tony Nobody's Gwynn? Nobody's going to be Tony Gwynn, 82%, right. but you got to be 60 you right. got to be 60. I felt like if I had two opportunities a night and I got it done one time, I failed. Right. If I had three my... opportunities, which rare, I want to get it done two out of every three. I've never asked you this. What was it like playing with Tony Gwynn? I enjoyed Tony. Different personality. Uh, always jovial in a good mood. Yeah. Uh, and best pure hitter. Pure hitter. Right. I ever saw. We all know. I, I beat it to death. Who's the greatest? Barry Bonds is the greatest. But as far as pure hitter, it's the bottom of the ninth. I don't care if it's a lefty or righty on the hill. I need a hit to save my life. I'm going to send Tony Quinn up to the plate. All right. Um, I don't have a trophy or anything, but I wanted to do the uh, postseason Booney Awards tonight, if that's okay with you. Oh, goodness. Yes. So I, the closest I have is I've got this little statue of Admiral Nimitz that we'll we'll call the Booney Award. You got it. All right. So let's do the Boonies tonight. Okay. First award given out tonight, uh, the 
the accounting firm of uh, Herrera and Boone tabulated the votes. And the boonie for the Pitcher of the Year award goes to... Gericol. That. Gericol. Why? Dominant. Uh, went to the post every fifth day. Don't know if he had the lowest ERA in the league, but I think he did. I think he was at the top in strikeouts, quality starts. He had a big time year. Cy Young, he's pitcher of the year for me. All right. Uh, the next award we're giving out the Booney Award for the hitter of the year goes to hitter of the year. Okay. Uh, well, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Player of the year. Player of the, Player of the year. Easy, Otani. I'm close. Well, I could have told should you. Should be three years. Gonna, right. Should, should be three years. You got a man crush on him. Where does he play next year? Anaheim. Stays You've with heard the it Angels. here, folks. Stays, stays, with the stays with the Angels. Uh, the Booney Award for the Rookie of the Year goes to. And I'm glad I got to see him play. Uh, Corbin Carroll. I think it's it's pretty easy. These are obvious, Rich. Although I like it. It's not AL and it's not NL. It's just, yeah, play, yeah rookie it's of the, the year. It's the Boonies. Uh, Corbin Carroll. We're giving away the little statue. We're not actually giving this to anybody, Corbin but Carroll. that's the Boonie Award. Um, moment of the year for the Boonie Awards. Moment of the year. Well, it's tough to re go back 162 games and watch all the games because you can't watch them all. I mean, we, could, I, we it, could pick Brett Boone hitting bombs oh, in the Celebrity All-Star game. Without a Seattle. doubt. That wasn't yeah. bad. Um, by the way, the, okay. Moment of the year, obviously it's going to be recent history. Cause it's fresh on my mind. Uh, game one world series. Seager hits the home run off Seawald in the ninth inning. Seawald who came over from my Seattle Mariners, uh, was lights out the entire postseason. He was throwing the invisible guys were right. having a tough time seeing his fastball, even though it was 93, but it was located. He tried to elevate a fastball to Corey Seager and sneak attack him. Seager was waiting for it, hit the home run. That's the moment of the year. They end up winning the game and uh, with a Garcia walk-off. Moment of the year to get him there, Seager. The, the, I, I felt that the entire series changed at that point. They ended up going 1-1, and then they then they lost three in a row. But uh, that's the moment of the year for me. There you go. Those are the boonies for 2023. Um, I just had a great idea. Blue suit. Green pocket square for the wedding. Showing a little bit of pant leg, right? Got some cool socks. Cool socks. Well, no, I'm not flashy with the socks. I don't wear those dork socks. They're going to be a, a classy, okay. deep, dark blue. You know what you got to you know what you got to wear with the suit, don't you? What? Come on, you got to have the right bling, accoutrements to go with the outfit. I don't know what you're talking about. What is the one piece? of flair that you have that no one else has. Oh, 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 you want the belt. It was the belt nearby? Yeah, belt's nearby. Where is it? It's right here. You mean the uh, get, get the championship the belt? belt? Yeah. That, that should be. Yeah. For those of you listening, Brett just took off his headset. Yes, yes, yes. I think you should wear the belt. I think you should wear the belt to I'll the tell wedding. You what? That's not a bad idea. That no. might be a that might be a part of my my uh, my speech. I'm come telling out, you, come out with the belt. 
might be an added touch. It might you be. Are, it'll, it'll look great on TikTok. You are good for something. Thank you. By the way, what's that new picture behind you? Is that new? Where? Right behind you. No. What is it? It's the same background we've had since we've been doing this. Maybe I just haven't paid attention. What's it a picture of? I don't know. Where am I? Right there? No, no, no. Behind you. Underneath underneath the silver side. Oh. You got so much awards. Oh, that is a, a picture of me in different different uniforms. Reds, Seattle. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. yeah, it's not bad. All right. Uh, two things. Yes. Left on the podcast. What's Boone watching? And hashtag Boone approved. So let's okay. start with uh, what Boone's watching. Uh, this week, I had a chance, went away for the weekend in LA and kind of Netflix time. Turned on, and, and I like Matthew Broderick. I've always liked him. Painkillers is the name of the uh, Netflix. It's one season. Broderick is kind of the evil emperor that that runs it all. It's about the uh, oxycotton. Oh, when it was coming into when it first started, and the and the the rage and how much destruction it caused, and uh, the the fight to try to get rid of it. And it was really interesting. I think it's six or seven episodes. Uh, Broderick's the, the guy he played Broderick trips me out. Cause he's, he's Ferris Bueller. And then right. you see him as this old man in his, it is in his house. <laughs> like, Ooh, the evil man, but uh really good painkillers, Netflix. Uh, really good, really good series. Check it out. If you have, um, Tulsa King. Tulsa King uh, with Rocky. I started watching that. Really good. I like it. You no, you you said it was okay. It is. I like it. I didn't you, say it. I didn't say. It I was think Ozark. it's outstanding. I didn't say it was. I didn't say it was Succession. I didn't say it was Ozark. I said it was good. It, I didn't it say. It, I didn't good. say. I didn't say it was elite. Wasn't in my elite category. I have to be careful that I Here, don't start an episode past eleven p.m. because I'll stay up till three in the morning. The problem it. is the the thing with that is I've got a soft spot for Sly. Always yeah. have. Everybody's always what's the greatest Rocky? Everybody oh Rocky one, Rocky two sucked. Some people say you know what? For me, Stallone that character. Yeah, some are better than the others. I enjoy every Rocky. If any Rocky movies on, and I'm. You know, I have nothing to watch. I'll tune in to Rocky three, four, five. What was they? They said five stunk. It didn't matter. It's still sly, and there's something about him I like. So, Tulsa King is not once again a succession, an Ozark, a. Uh, but it's it's quality, and and I love I love Sly. So that's um, what I like. I start watching that. I I I don't think you're gonna watch this. It's not. It's Probably not gonna be won't. Boone. Watchworthy. I started watching Frasier. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Make him face at me like that. I was a Cheers guy. I right. really like Cheers. Uh, Frasier, that's where you got to start. And then right. the spinoff. Uh, Frasier, ridiculously successful uh, sitcom. Ridiculous. He's in Seattle. Not a fan of Frasier. Was a fan oh. of Frasier on Cheers, but right. not the sitcom Frasier. The new Frasier started a little slow. Now Kelsey Grammer's back into that no, pompous Frazier. It. It's good. You do it, and, and I'll, I'll get the insight from you. All right. Before we get out of here, time to ask, what's Boone approved? You ready? You got it. 
So I was sitting there, game five, World Series, sitting in section 218 down the left field line, had pretty good seats. And uh, my bride looks over at me. She goes, do you want to stay for the trophy presentation? I said, you know what? I've never sat in the stands and watched a trophy presentation. So I watched them. They pulled the MLB set out down the third base line. The uh, Fox set was down the first base line. And uh, Amsinger was underneath us. And uh, Ortiz and everybody's on the other side of us. We sat there and watched them put the stage up and the barriers and watched the media run over and the photographers and the team. Uh, just kind of milled about. Family came in the field, climbed up on top of the uh, the the truck bed that they used, the big trailer that they used for the presentation. I sat there and watched it. It was really cool to watch, but it was interesting because there were a lot of Ranger fans there, but it wasn't full because all the Ast- uh, all the uh, Diamondback fans, excuse me, left. But I remember back in your dad's day, they would do it in the locker room. Yeah. So I want to know. On-field trophy presentations in front of the fans on the road in a half-empty ballpark. Is that Boone approved? Absolutely. Because I'm all about, and you know this, uh, as a player, I was different. But as I became a veteran player, I changed my views a little bit. As an ex-player and as a fan of the game and what is best for our game and what is best for growing the game, I'm for involving the fans whenever you can. So absolutely Boone approved. There you go. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for turning two with Booney. Pretty good show today. Um, what do you, what's your diet going to be before the wedding? How many days do we have? Got a week. Got a week. Uh, I'll be looking good. I'll be. Uh... What do you eat? What are you going to eat? So I'll just tell you today. I had fried chicken and waffles around lunchtime, and I just well, ate some what... chicken strips. That's what fat asses eat. Okay. Now I, what I'm not the one who's looking a little bloated and had to go take his pants to be altered. What what I'll what I'll eat is uh little oatmeal in the morning. Okay. Uh fish for lunch with some steamed veggies, and I'll try to repeat it in the evening. Uh I might skip lunch and have a protein shake instead, and then have the fish and the steamed vegetables in the evening. Do that three or four or five days. Right. And that'll probably get me to where I need. I'll drink a lot of water and I'll stay away from the candy, which you know is my. I'll nemesis. send you some sweetest fish. Yeah, the candy's my nemesis. I will stay away from the uh, shell station on my <laughs> daily drive that I stop at. Hey, Booney, what's going on? Yep, we got your cinnamon bears in. They're going to be disappointed this week because I will not be eating the cinnamon bears, but I'll be a full rack next week because nobody eats them except for me. Okay, wait a second. Let me ask you this. What is going to be your wedding day weight? I'm going to write this down. 94. 194? 194. All right. Will you make sure that you, I'm going to call you to make sure yes. that you weigh yourself to see whether you're 194 or not? Yep. You got it. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for Turning Two with Boone. Hey, don't forget, if you like the show, rate it. Uh, leave us a review. Tell your friends uh, so we keep building this up. Uh, for all of us here at the Boone Podcast, uh, thank you for joining us. For this uh, great, great uh, baseball season we've been able to share with you, don't forget, we do this year-round. This is not just a baseball podcast. We'll have some football guests coming up. We're going to a couple uh, new guests. Boom Podcast North, Boom Podcast Southeast guys are coming through. So thank you. We'll have some pretty good guests coming up in the next week or so. Right, Booney? You got it. All right. That's it for us. I'll talk to you later, everybody.